0: to everyone and welcome to another edition of the coles brown show right here on the black college sports network yours truly coles brown joined as usual by now the celebrity the celebrity i'll tell you (laughs) what i mean about that and charles Etman of the all corn state radio network charles good morning sir good morning good morning how you doing I, I'm doing fine. And I say it's celebrity now, but you've always been a celebrity for those of us in the Southwestern athletic conference, but watching, a, a all course state in Texas and and NIT, they did a, 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 a feature of you and you didn't know, I'm sure, but, uh, about three or four minutes, my cell phone was just blowing up and everybody was saying, there's your buddy, Charles etlin But, uh, it was nice to see y'all there. all the kudos that you deserve sir it's warranted it's warranted but uh go ahead sir
1: yeah i'm sorry i i I definitely didn't know that was coming um you know typically with a tv game you just talk to the tv crew and and just kind of give folks a spill in terms of what you know what Braze basketball is all about and, and um actually the play-by-play guy looked me up on twitter he said tall man radio so obviously he got that and it just you know we just had a conversation just you know from one media guy to another i had no idea that was gonna happen and all of a sudden my phone started blowing up during the game and screenshots and all that so i trust me somebody asked me the other day was that something that 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 i had something to do with no i had nothing to do with it it just happened and i you know, I, I appreciate that, you know, that, that, that blurb there, but, uh, you know, just, that was my first NIT. And, and I'll say that, you know, and, and I've been a part of the Dayton thing. I've been a part of a 12 seed back in 99 when we went to Seattle NCA tournament, but that was my first NIT. And, uh, definitely it's about the same experience, not as much media hype as the NCA tournament, but, uh, you know, I didn't know that was going to happen. I appreciate it. And, uh, just, you know, just the love for the all for all corn, my alma mater, grambling and for the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And it's always been there
0: and it will always be there. Well, I could tell that, hey, you you didn't know it wasn't planned ahead of time because it, it, it looked natural. You're you're on the radio broadcast and, and, the, and the television happens to capture. So, uh, like I said, well-deserved well, well and um, just just my opinion. A future Hall of Fame swag broadcaster. I'm calling it now. You will definitely uh, be in there. Charles Edmund, the guest for our number one here on the Coles Brown Show. Our number two, Coach Van Petaway, the Coles Brown Show's basketball analyst. I definitely want to get his perspective on everything that's been going on, but I like to hear from everybody, get everyone's perspective. You know, I look at it as, hey, I'm the point guard, but everybody knows and sees me, but I, I believe they want to hear from the guests and, and get their perspective, so this is something I'm trying to provide to you, as always. Then Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBC Football, he will be the last guest on today's show, again, from a 11 a.m. Central Standard Time to 1 p.m. Now... Giving you the guest menu, now getting to some news and notes. And it's always a lot that's going on. But, you know, you, you can't talk about every situation because it's only a two-hour show. You could get into three and, and four hours. But since the last time uh, we visited with you, um, we have two SWAC tournament champions on the women's side. Jackson State, congratulations. And we're going to tell you about a big ball game we got today in the NCAA tournament. They defeated Alabama State 101 to 80, Charles. And I remember just kind of going back and looking at perspectives, even Coach Petaway and you. You thought it would be a, a close ball game, and I remember that. But Jackson State, 21 point victory. And for those who thought maybe because it's come so easily, still undefeated in the conference, what would be the motivation? Besides winning a tournament championship, we knew that. But they were able to come out, and they they looked dominant. And the scary thing is, I don't know if they played their best complete game, but they looked dominant at the end of the, at the game in a 21-point victory.
1: Yeah, it was uh, Jackson State was awesome. They were dominant. I was kind of disappointed in Alabama State. Um, I, I thought that – and I was there, obviously, watching the championship game. Jackson State just pretty much did whatever they wanted, whether it was on the perimeter or whether it was in the post. I mean, so um, obviously Jackson State locked Alabama State down. Now, you know, Alabama State still scored 80 points, and that's good enough to win. But I just – I think Jackson State probably played their most complete game of the year in that swag tournament game. I mean, they were just – Dominant from from start to finish, Bama State gave them a push in the first half, uh, but Jackson State was just too good, and they've been th- that good all year long. I mean, you even sit, you, you called it. I thought it'd be a much closer game, but it just shows you how Jackson State, how dominant they were throughout the course of conference. Yeah, they got a little bit testy and tested down the stretch, but they passed those tests. They go twenty-one and 18 and zero in conference. They sweep the tournament. They win the SWAC tournament. And I think by virtue of that 21-0, that's why they they got a pretty decent seed in the NCAA tournament and uh, you a know, short two-hour trip to Baton
0: Rouge, and I think it'll be a good game today at 4 o'clock. Yeah, Charles, I was trying to get a closer look at the practice. They practice at Baton Rouge Community College, but um, I don't know. I could not even get – could not sniff close to – Baton Rouge Community <laughs> College, um, as far as seeing their uh, their practice, but but I but I but I definitely understand. But um, yeah, just a, a consistent, dominant team, and as we talked about in weeks past, they were able to um, get their opponents' best shot, especially in the second half of the conference uh, regular season. So you know, it, it, it's it's tough. At times, when you're a dominant team, you talk about motivation. Two, you know you're going to get everybody's shot. But when you're the better team, motivation shouldn't be something that you have to do a lot of. Coach Rita's done a great job. She she talked about in uh, yesterday in the press conference about a model that she used to build this uh, program in, 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 in year four. She's done a great job, and you got to give credit where credit is due. So, we're going to talk a little bit later about a huge matchup. Yeah, 13 seed against uh, LSU, Coach Mulkey, and JSU. The memory of the tournament last year going against Baylor, losing 101 to 52. Jackson State feels they're a better team. And and you're kind of looking at social media and and talking to uh, uh, fans from all over the country, they they really they believe this JSU women's team with the experience last year, and after losing, uh, Coach Reed and staff say, look, we need to do this. They've got the post players, Misha Williams. they got the outside shooting. Said all that to say this, they believe that they have an excellent shot. And guess what? I'm pulling for Jackson State women and support the swag institutions, but I will say this. LSU on their home court. Kim Mulca, it is going to be a tough, tough assignment. LSU and Jackson State NCAA tournament action coming up at uh, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. I believe that game, Charles, correct me if I'm wrong, It's going to be on uh, ESPNU, if I'm not mistaken, or one of the ESPN affiliates. So with that being said, congratulations to JSU's women back to back. And some will say it could be back to back to back, but don't want to get ahead of ourselves but congratulations. Now, on the men's side, and you had a first-hand look at it. And we also talked about that ball game being a pretty close ball game when it was all said and done. And you know, predictions were some said Texas Southern, some of Alcorn State. Let me give you the final score. 87 to 62. TSU pulls away in the second half. And Charles, I said last week, and I'm going to repeat myself, although disappointing not winning a a, a tournament championship, guess what? I said last week the season was still a success because no one, prognosticators, no one, me included, maybe you thought, of course, they had a, had a, a chance. No, Charles says no. But to win a regular season championship, I'll say it again. Their season was still successful, albeit it ended with a tournament loss. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the NIT uh, ballgame. But uh, Coach Bussey, well, I, I'm going to tell you, a lot of respect for him. And, and that all-court state team took on his personality. And then Exit and O's, he's outstanding as well. 87-62, uh, reflect back on on the tournament championship uh, last Saturday? Well, I mean, this was, you know, first of all,
1: congratulations to Texas Southern. Um, Yes, congratulations. It's hard to beat a team three times in in one season. Um, I thought the tougher team won last week. And Landon, you know, I was fortunate enough to be in the film session with our team four hours before tip-off, and they went over all of the scenarios. They went over the two games during the regular season. They looked at the Texas Southern-Grambling game. And Landon, one of the final things he said in the film session was, the tougher team, the grimier team is going to win the game. And Texas Southern, you could just tell they were long and athletic. They had nine blocks. Um, they, they were the tougher team, especially in the post. And I thought that was, that was huge. Uh, we got off to another shaky start. You know, and that's, you know, we really didn't come out of the gates flying in, in any of the games in the tournament. And then Texas Southern started knocking down shots. Some of the 50-50 balls, those loose balls, the coaches call it 50-50 balls on the floor. You got to get your share of those. We didn't. And Texas Southern just just started dominating in the post. And that's where it was won. It was won inside out. Uh, the nine blocks, a lot of them in the post, they really guarded us on the perimeter, Um, So, you know, Texas Southern just, you can just see the confidence building, even in the first half when they built the nine or 10 point lead. And in the second half, they just pulled away and we just completely ran out of gas. Uh, And I just think that, you know, it was just a bad day to have a bad day at Texas Southern. They were coming for us. You know, they, we beat them twice during the regular year. And so I I thought the tougher team won and Landon Bussy talked about it, you know, even though he said this was a successful year. He's proud of his team, but in talking with coach after every game, you can look in his eyes and tell he's going to reflect back on that loss, and he's going his team's going to be in the weight room come Monday because we got to get tougher, we got to get bigger. Uh, we lost our two centers that played their final game, but Texas Southern was the better team. They were the grimier team. They were better in the post, and we just couldn't. We didn't have answers. We gave up our season high in terms of points during conference. We had our biggest deficit that we had during the course of the conference play. Our biggest deficit of the whole conference season was 14 points. And that was against Grambling like a month and change ago. So we hadn't been in that position, you know, basically for the last month of the season we were just playing just that well. But it caught up with us. It, you know, the, the, the post, the griminess caught up with us. And, uh, you know, congratulations to Texas Southern and uh, Braves, you know, job well done. But Landon Bussey says we're going to be back in this position next year and we're going to the big dance next year. He's he's claiming it. He's saying it. You know, I can tell you he's – right now, he's probably playing the games back in his mind, and he's ready to get back, back to work to get his team back there next year and to get to the NCAA tournament.
0: Well, congratulations to the Texas Southern back-to-back. Back. And, you know, you can say Johnny Jones also. A tremendous job. And, and you know, and I was sitting back, Thinking about this, and we often talk about basketballs, about matchups. You said something. It's hard to beat a team three times in the season, although we saw it with Graham, the state <laughs> and Southern university, I guess still a sore spot there, but you look at a team like Texas Southern, can we call them the tournament team? Because Texas Southern lost to Southern. They got swept. But when it's tournament time, it just seems like Coach Jones knows how to push the right button. He elevates his teams, and, and they've done a tremendous job. Uh, Texas Southern uh, would go on in the NCAA tournament with a play-in game, and then with Kansas, we'll get a little bit more into that as well. But both, both teams – they did did very well. Tournament champion in the regular season, as I stated. Coach Coach Bussy, just the, the the toughness, and uh, you know you can see his demeanor on on the on the court. Uh, just just a competitor, truly a competitor. But the Southwestern Athletic Conference tournament champions were determined uh, last Saturday. Charles will switch gears. You are scheduled to call a, a a baseball game, Alcorn State and Texas Southern Alcorn State first SWAC conference series of the year as a participant from the Western Division. Mother Nature undefeated again uh, with, with with a doubleheader coming up starting today, but uh, SWAC baseball. We we have some games and and right off the bat that were completed. Uh, Alabama State over FAMU, 16-0. to zero. Jackson State picked to win it all. Uh They get shut out by Bethune-Cookman on uh, Friday night. So kind of what your thoughts on baseball as you get ready to uh, call the, your first, um, I guess, is it your first baseball broadcast of the season? Because I know you're a busy man for football to basketball. Uh, it's actually my second uh, okay. a couple
1: weeks ago last weekend when we played Pine Bluff and Valley in basketball, that Thursday, Saturday, that Friday, I got to look at the Braves as they play Jackson State, the uh, first of a three-game series there. So this will be my second broadcast. Yes, it will be the first uh, the first game, the first series as a member of the West. And another little nugget, Carlos, of course, Texas Southern is coached by Mike Robb. Mike Robb yeah. has never been to Alcorn's campus
0: until today. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait a minute, y'all. See that—that's that, I like that because you know we talk about sometimes in the past how uh, Southern was fortunate to play Jackson State from the other division. Uh, they were fortunate to play Alcorn, but you didn't really see Southern play Mississippi Valley State. So, Coach Rob comes to the reservation. Interesting. What a tidbit. Yes. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, well, he
1: had a chance. This is way back in the day when the late coach Rat McGowan was the head coach here. Uh, when he was at Prairie View, they had a road trip to Jackson State and Alcorn. They played Jackson State and the weather turned bad and uh, they were going to come here and play. But uh, they coach Rob got a call from Rat and he said, we're not going to play. And uh, he said the weather was bad or whatever. As it turns out, the weather wasn't that bad. Uh, Coach McGowan did not want to play preview because they were that good. As it turns
0: out, oh. so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, wait I, a I, minute, I, Charles, I, Coach Red. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. The, the, yeah. the guy that chastised me in the press box, A.W. Mumford Stadium, not him. I, you, yeah. Look, I ran for cover.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't do nothing but laugh when he told me that a little while ago. So. You know, of course, he praised our campus. This is the first time there's another campus he hasn't been to. He hasn't been to Mississippi Valley either. Mm-hmm. So, this is one of two places where he has not been. And I guess you can understand because we're in separate divisions, and that's a trip that you probably wouldn't make normally. So, it's good to see Mike yeah. Rob on, on campus. But, you know, for the Braves, it's still a work in progress. I mean, we are so limited in terms of depth. We got guys playing out of position, you got outfielders pitching, pitchers that are outfielders. I mean, so. It's not quite there. And, and, to, and to his defense, he was hired late. Um, he was hired in August. And uh, so he's, he's still running. You know, they say hit the ground running. It's been almost six months and he's still running. And I get it. But I tell you what, I think this Braves team over time, uh, Coach Reginald Williams, very tempered guy, just the total opposite of the coaches that we've had, opposite of Coach rap McGowan, opposite of Barrett Ray, uh, opposite of, of, of Coach Richardson. He's very tempered, very professional, and yes, we're taking these bumps right now, but I think over a period of time, I think we will figure it out. And, you know, for Texas Southern, they don't, they don't know a whole lot about us and vice versa, so that uncertainty could give it an advantage to the to the home team. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this Braves team comes out. Hey, it's division play. This is what it's about. Uh, we don't have any midweek games. We only have one this season. I was against Ole Miss, and we had that a couple of Wednesdays ago. So it's nothing but conference and division games the rest of the way. So I think it's a plenty of time for this Braves team to kind of figure things out. And I, I looked at Coach Rob this morning. He's a little bit, um, you know, I wouldn't say concerned, but you could tell there's something going on upstairs with him because he he's that kind of guy. He's in business mode and not coming here, never been here, don't know what to expect. I think he 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 definitely the Braves have
0: his attention for sure. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I I wouldn't fall for most people fall for Coach Robs not being a competitor. I mean, he, he you know years ago on radio I had a chance to interview him and just a great interviewer. Um, he in a great interview, but he's a guy. He reminds me kind of a, a, a of a guy that you. Maybe it's a deacon in your local church, you know. But boy, don't be fooled by that mild mannered. He is a tough individual, and some of the games that I've seen in the conference with with, with Texas Southern, you know, maybe game one will be a filling out process. But hey, throw caution to the wind. I'll use your saying: "You're playing with house money, all corn state, nothing to lose." Uh, I'm sure prognosticators have Texas Southern winning it. Hey, but go out and have some fun, have some baseball, uh, improve. And, and for corn to me, uh, Charles, from outside looking in, every chance you get to play on the diamond, you just want to improve and get better. I, you know, I wouldn't look at the, the wins and lost records. I know you probably can't believe I'm saying this, but I do have a heart. And, and for corn, yeah. you know, hey, just, 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 Try to get better. That will be be the goal. And then year two, year three, again, uh, look at improvement. And speaking of baseball, well, well, first of all, let me go back. Jackson State and Bethune-Cookman. Now, Jackson State predicted to to win the Eastern Division. Got a chance to see them early in the Andre Dawson baseball classic. I don't know. It, is it that Jackson State... This year's baseball team, they, they, they're kind of trying to find themselves somewhat. Do you agree with that, or am I way off base with that one? Yeah, I, I watched, like I said, I watched them one time, of course, when they
1: played all-corner a couple of Fridays ago, and yes, I mean, if, if you look at that roster, there are a lot of new faces. There are a lot of new pieces, and I think Omar Johnson is still trying to figure it out. I, I absolutely agree with you on that. It, You know, you're you look at that roster and you look at the guys that you expect, they're not there. Uh, they played out their eligibility. So he's in a retooling process. And I I think pitching wise, I think they could be okay. But in terms of hitting the baseball, clearly I think there's a lot of work to be done there. And, hey, I mean, with Jackson State, what's going on right now? I mean, what Omar Johnson has done, you know, last year going 24-0 and getting to the SWAC championship game and, not getting it done the last couple of innings against Southern University, I, you know, you hope that's not a carryover. I don't think so. I just think they have a retooled roster that hasn't figured it out yet. I think they will. Um, I mean, clearly, you don't want to estimate, underestimate Bethune Cookman of Florida A&M either. And I've just reading stuff on social media that Bethune Cookman baseball might be the real deal. Well, you know, a lot of underestimation mm-hmm. there. And if that's the case, that's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough deal with Bama State, Bethune, FAMU, Jackson State. So I, I do think. This year, they have a retooled roster. You know they've lost some tough games. They've lost. They've had some pretty bad losses too in non-conference. Typically, they they kind of eke out a few in non-conference, but it's been tough for Omar Johnson. And uh, I, I think that they'll figure it out
0: eventually. But right now, it's it's tough sledding in Jackson. And you know, it's an interesting point when you mentioned about non-conference. Uh, but Cookman in a three-game weekend series against LSU. Uh, they were respectable. Uh, looking at Southern University, 3-13, and 13, a, a very tough non-conference schedule. And and Coach Crenshaw talks about, you know, the difficulties they had with that tough, tough non-conference schedule. But it can be beneficiary. And I think Bethune-Cookman may be in the same uh, situation. You know, you play a tough non-conference schedule, it gains you experience. But also – it prepares you for a conference play, so I, I think this this swag baseball race in both divisions is going to be uh, very interesting. And, and speaking of interesting, uh, the guy who built Southern's baseball program into a powerhouse is now going to get um, baseball fieldhouse dedicated in his name, Coach Roger Cato, at one p.m. March twenty-six the school announced Thursday. The ceremony will take place before Southern's 3 p.m. game against Graham and State. And I will just say this now. I, I always felt it was a, 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 a congratulations one to to Roger Cater because he's still alive to be able to uh, get all of these accolades and and situations that, you know, hey, he'll get a chance to be a part of it. Then you got Graham State University coming in at 3 p.m. You know, great. Great uh, way to dedicate the field house and then play against your arch rival, who now really, when you listen to Grandma State fans, they are the masters now of Southern, and they're, they're mind, Charles. And they're going to come in ready to take on baseball, but you know what? It's going to be a great one, and I hope Southern University comes out and just takes them out to the woodshed for the whole three-game series. Charles, you can tell now, Grandma State now has kind of got on my nerves. They're their family. Charles, you're still okay with me, okay? Grambling along. But uh boy, they 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 are braggadocious now. Because they're they are they are taking care of business against Southern as they put it. But anyway, great honor for Coach Roger Kador. You know, I had the uh the honor and the pleasure
1: with at uh, thinking Coach Cador's last year. To get a tour of that facility of the field house, he he gave me a tour of it, and so I was very fortunate to be there for that. And and he you know he was telling me about his book that came out around the same time. So you know I'm glad this was done. It's and I congratulate Southern for making it happen. It was going to happen eventually. I mean you you knew his name was going to be on something out there, and I can just remember way back when just the frustration of Coach Cador trying to get that facility, trying to get the upgrades. Just, you know, I mean, he he was very professional about it, but he was frustrated that, you know, you're trying to keep up with the LSUs of the world and other schools that that don't have those things. And, you know, for all the work that he'd done, for all the championships that he brought to Southern in baseball and for all the money he brought in, and he talked about fundraising for Southern and all the other stuff that it should have been done a while ago. I mean, better late than never. Uh, I'm glad this is happening. I hate I'm gonna miss that because I would love to be there just just to just to see the tears flowing because I'm sure it's probably gonna be emotional for him. 25 championships, uh, you know, it's it's something special. I'm glad Southern is doing it, and I'm glad this is happening for Coach Cato and for
0: Southern University. Couldn't happen to a, a, a better guy, better baseball coach. And and uh, if, if you look at the article in – what I'm about to say, it, it, it's a known fact, and not to put it in a way where um, I'm trying to to downplay the need of the facility, but it, it was needed. You know, um, for those of us, Charles, you know, you're aware of this as well. When uh, you come to a baseball game, you would see players, you know, changing in the FG clock Activity Center, walking out some out of their vehicles, and so now that facility was able to you know, have team meetings, you know, to dress and all of that. And and, and so it, it it's great. And for Coach Kadar, the only thing I kidded Coach Kadar about, and, and he, you know, he was a very crafty person in, in a good way. I, I like for him to kick up dirt and argue more with the umpire. But, you know, <laughs> that just wasn't his demeanor. But now when he did lose it, it was worth the price of a mission. A six foot four, six foot five guy, gentle giant, always thinking from a cerebral standpoint, and then to just go after the the the, the umpire. And I think I saw him get tossed once, maybe twice, the time that that I've been out there. But um, it, it had to be a great reason. And he once told me that a lot of times you go out and argue a call. Not necessarily you're going to get that call changed, but you're setting it up. For the next cause to, to go your way. And so, hey, Coach K congratulations. And you know, he Charles, he's a celebrity now. I, I I may have to go through his agent to try to get him on the show. <laughs> but uh Well 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 deserved uh coach Kadar. Uh, in in
1: terms of him getting that facility, you know, you have to have friends at high my, my late mother used to say it's it's always good to have friends at high places as well as low places and we mm-hmm. knew you know this I knew this that coach Kador had great relationships with the politicians in the state of Louisiana you saw him taking yeah. pictures with the governor in the legislature he would walk the halls of of baton of the baton rouge Capitol. in order to make that happen you, you have to have great relationships and for so many years he did and it, it took a little longer than expected. That facility should have been up many, many years prior to when it was built. But he was able to establish and keep those relationships and able to work the halls, work the phones, and to get the funding for that facility. I think it says a lot about him because if that wasn't the case, then that that might not have happened. So I, I think Roger Cato the baseball coach, but Roger Cato the ambassador, and Roger Cato a part-time politician to be able to get the funding needed to get that facility. And I, I think You know, that's the underrated part about him. A lot of people might not know.
2: I would also like to add
0: um, Charles about Coach Cato, also a marketing uh, person, guru. He's able to get all of that done. And, you know, hey, you talked about the politician part. Yeah, shaking hands, you know, kissing the babies all over the <laughs> Baton Rouge and metropolitan area. So, hey, that that's something you can learn about. A lot of times you have to be able to go out and establish relationships And that was something he was able to do. Speaking of relationships, let's give some love out to um, everyone who's watching. First and foremost, if you're in the Central Standard Time, good morning. If you're watching from the Eastern Standard Time, good afternoon. Johnny Johnson watching. Chuck Hunt from Monroe, Louisiana. I I told you that story. I finally made it to Monroe. Um, Unfortunately, (laughs) not on a – a, a, a vacation type of trip, but it, it, it was a, a another situation. Also, uh, Michael Cavalier is watching Theo Quest. Good morning, Michael Cavalier says. Good morning, Carlos and Charles, and Willard B. Sims is watching. Good, good morning and good afternoon again if you're in the Eastern Standard Time. Charles, going we'll to take a time out. We've kind of went over some swag news and notes. Once again, congratulations to. Uh, Texas Southern on the men's side, 2022 swag tournament champions. Also, Jackson State, uh, 2022 women's tournament champions. Talked a little bit about Southern University uh, baseball. They open up swag play. The weather was undefeated in their case. They have a doubleheader. They start at the University of Arkansas, uh, Pine Bluff. Coach Roger Kadar gets a field house name. After him, it'll be official in the ceremony at 1 p.m. March 26th. When we come back, we'll discuss. And and I want to see when Alcorn, you notice when I think about Southern, I always think about Alcorn. I wonder why. But spring practice has opened up for Southern University and uh, FAMU and and University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff. Uh, We'll talk about that. And then also, Charles You talked about Coach Ivory, now named as men's basketball coach at at Mississippi Valley State, and then also Mo Williams, since the last time we talked, of course, named JSU's new coach. So we have that to talk about. And then with Coach Pedaway coming up, Charles, if you play March Madness in the tournament bracket – I'm going to tell you right now, I have put myself on a self-imposed three-year ban. Just tear them up. These 15 C's are winning. These 14 C's are winning. And I've got to talk to Coach Petaway, but I'll get your opinion as well. This is something that's trending and I think is here to stay. Is it parenting? Is it The mid-majors, the smaller schools, when they have the opportunity to shine, are they getting it done? They are. Take a quick time out, when I come back, it'll be more of the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network.
3: Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens,
4: mangoes caribbean restaurant 180 auburn avenue right next to royal peacock in downtown atlanta for more info or directions call 404-698-3992 or log on to Restaurant.com. for instant coupons text mangos to 313131
5: hungry, hungry, hungry.
4: mangoes caribbean restaurant authentic caribbean cuisine
5: oh, oh. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt.
6: Itchy
4: Squirmy Scratchy Family not getting clean Get Charmin Ultra Strong Go get him It just cleans better With a diamond weave texture Your family can use less While still getting clean Goodbye itchy squirm Hello clean bottom (laughs) (laughs) We all go Why not enjoy the go with Charmin
7: you see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp
5: shield technology. Protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us.
6: Number 15? Never not working!
8: I don't like this one.
6: Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & shoulder Scalp Shield. Never not working. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com
7: Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant Located in the historic West End Q-Time soul food is a family business Started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw Come on in, relax, and sink your chops Into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food With a twist, the Q-Time way 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard or call your order in at 404 758 2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q Time, an Urban Passport member.
8: Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice.
0: businesses communicate. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown show right here on the black college sports network. Of course, I'm Coles Brown joined by Charles Edmund and Charles, this first hour has flown by. You got about 12 minutes left and then you're getting ready to broadcast the f- doubleheader. So <laughs> take the Southern, at Alcorn State in, in baseball. But speaking of baseball, and you saw the band as we coming back in, uh, spring football practice has started for some of the institutions. And I mentioned UEPB, uh, Southern University started with Coach Dooley, also uh, FAMU. What about Alcorn State? Uh, are they getting ready to start their spring football?
1: I think they'll be starting. Uh, we're on spring break right now. Um I did okay. see a bunch of cars um, on on uh, behind the gym uh, this morning. I think the weather probably dampened a little bit as far as the field is concerned, but I think they are meetings. I think they'll probably start going full bore on Monday. And again, it's 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 an anxious time if you're a Braves fan. Who's going to be our starting quarterback? You know, I'm going to keep I'm going to start with that and I'm going to end with that. And for the first time in like five years, we don't know where our quarterback's going to be. So the spring, I'm sure, will shake out a lot a lot of things um i don't know if if a decision will be made by the time we come out of spring who's going to be our quarterback my guess is they're going to let it play out in the fall as well first couple of weeks of camp we'll know where our quarterback's going to be then but just the competition aspect you always talk about it carlos competition what competition that's, that's exactly right. what's going to happen come that's happen come spring it's going to be a lot of competition we got a lot a lot of tech track coming got a couple of other guys so, the biggest competition will be who will be our starting quarterback.
0: But you know, Chosen, I think you can look across the board, not in all cases, but some programs are going to have to figure out the same thing. Now, with Coach Dooley, his first spring with Southern University, of course, the new head football coach, um, there's a quarterback derby. Now, Coach Dooley, according to some of his comments locally, he doesn't really want it. He he. It, it it's about competition, right? But Sean McCray, a JUCO All-American, is on campus already. Took the first snaps in spring. Now take out that what you want. But basically, Coach if I paraphrase it. He wants it. It mean quarterback to be chosen by the end of the spring. You know, if. If it goes into fall camp, I don't think he wants that. So he calls it like it's an interview. Every spring practice, they'll be out there today as well. And, you know, Ladarius Skelton, we've had conversations about him over his career at Southern University. He's gone now. And he played for the past three and a half years. Then Bubba McDaniel uh, started some games last year. What will he do? He'll have an opportunity competition, as you stated. Then, Harold Blood played locally at Destraham, 2075 as a starter, break record. He'll get an opportunity to showcase what he can do. Now, you're going from a run oriented offense where you sprinkled in some passes to now a pass heavy, but let's not be mistaken. If you look at what Coach Dooley's done in Purview, Arkansas, Pine, Bluff, and Gramley, albeit you put on his resume, he's pass heavy, he's offensive coordinator, but those teams have been very balanced. And don't forget that. And I think you'll see that again. But uh, Harold Blood, Bashawn McCray, Bubba McDaniels, Coach Dooley wants an answer with open competition by the end of spring practice. So going into fall camp, that person will know who they are, and they're going to have to lead this football team. You find that interesting, Charles? I do,
1: because there's not a lot of time in the spring to figure it out. Uh, Spring practice is what it is, it's spring practice. I mean, I'm sure teams will go heavy and hard. But to me, I, I think the early part of fall camp, that's when the rubber meets the road because your season's coming up. To me, that's when you know who who your guy's gonna be, unless you're Felix Harper or Lenora's Footman or Noah Johnson, you already know. Because you don't know, and I would I would say on the out, like you say the outside looking in, McDaniel has the experience, but then does he have the buy in from you know, with new staff, with this new scheme system? So I think that's to be in dynamic if i'm gonna guess carlos from the outside looking in when the season starts i'm gonna say mcdaniel's not gonna be the starting quarterback uh just you gotta you got a new sheriff in town you got a new coach new staff what you've seen is that coaches typically go with the guys that they brought in now yeah they're guys on campus already but unless you've touched those guys i i you know i thought mcdaniel was really impressive good arm big arm um you know, his his movability in the pocket was kind of a concern. With Skelton, he can run all over the place. And, you know, his throwing uh, accuracy wasn't always there, but he gave you a chance. With McDaniels, he's got to stand in that pocket. And so I, it, for me, I don't know if McDaniels is going to start the season. He might. He might blow everybody away in spring and, in the spring. And Coach Julie would say, that's our guy. But knowing the way this thing works, I'm going to say McDaniels probably won't start. He might be the number two, maybe the number three. Just my guess. I might be totally off base here. But but I, I, I don't know if, in no disrespect to McDaniel, because he, he has, you know, in the SWAC championship games and other games I've seen, he's made some big-time throws and has stood in there. But I'm just going to say just from the politics of it and the fact you got a new coach, a new staff, a new system, a new way of doing business, I'm going to say McDaniel's probably not going to be the start
0: quarterback come August or September when the season starts. Interesting. Now, not even from a political standpoint, uh, Coach Dooley he believes in RPOs and McDaniels to me is more of a, a traditional quarterback. So he has more to adapt to and this new scheme and this new offense it looks like it's more suited for someone you remember how I talked about a lot of times we use a dual-threat quarterback. But to me, the definition of a dual-threat quarterback is one that can run and pass equally. And I I think, just an early prediction, I think Bashawn McCray is his job to lose. Now, he took the first snaps. Um, and, and, and some of my close associates, they look they're looking at to see how this quarterback situation will play out. But you've got to be able to do both. You've got to be able to make plays. you got to be able to use your athletic ability. Also, you got to be accurate in throwing. And with Coach Dooley, who's also the offensive coordinator, he has a special interest in that. So uh, with, with Southern University, I, I think it's Sean McCray's job to lose a JUCO. And what have we said over the years? You bring in JUCOs. A lot of times, unless you redshirt them, you expect them to play. And I think the new system fits more of Sean McRae and Harold Blood better than Bubba McDaniels. But guess what? I could be wrong. He may come out in the spring. They're into, what, day three? He may blow everybody out, out of the water. We, we shall see. But Southern University, offensive alignment three starters back. Uh, Coach Dooley talked about still looking to find some more defensive linemen to add to the program. Defensive backs, linebackers, they already got two. Deshaun Davis, one, transferred from Iowa State, already on campus. Then you have some that will be coming on, you know, after this spring semester. So, in, in in both cases, Allcorn trying to establish a, a quarterback. The spring will help them to do that. Coach Doolin is using the spring as, "Hey, I want to have somebody in place when we head into uh, fall camp." But the days of thirty days, Charles is gone. remember those debates we have about spring practice. Now it's fifteen days. To your point, some will say, "Wait a minute, you can't get much done." And then also Coach Dooley talks about a lot of times the spring is used for the physical part of the game. He's using this from a mental standpoint to get players ready. So it's basically not, Charles, an all-year program, football, and and many of the sports. When the season's over, there's a lot of work to be done, and there's no time to take off. It's a year-round situation. So it's going to be – The spring is going to be important, and then as we go into the fall and the summer and the fall, it's a lot of excitement about the football season in 2022, Charles. Yeah, I mean, especially for the first-year coaches, you know, Coach Dooley
1: and his staff, I thought his staff was terrific, a lot of Southern flavor there, so the comfortability of it from the fans is going to be there, but those players still trying to figure out what Coach Dooley expects in that staff. So that's going to be the case. It's going to be the case at at other schools as well. At Alabama State, it's, it it's going to be there. At Grambling with Hugh Jackson, it's going to be there. Because these play until you hit the field, you really don't know the rhythm of how it's going to go. You can talk about it in meetings all you want, but until you get out there on the field, and Grambling's already started their spring, obviously. Uh, so no, I, 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 think I forgot. Gonna be... I
0: forgot to talk about Grambling. I'm sorry. Excuse me, Charlie. Grambling is starting. There's a lot
1: of there's a lot of anxiety with first year coaches because until you get on you know, until you get in that rhythm you just don't know because players are gonna buy in some players that won't and so you gotta account for that as well that always happens because players used to do a certain thing a certain way with the previous staff now you gotta pivot that's not easy to do regardless of what sport it is so I, I think there's gonna be some anxious moments around the league you know for Jackson State winning the whole thing for Prairie View they got a first year coach. Don't know how that's gonna go. So I think it's gonna be a lot more question marks going into Swag Football Media Day, which is coming up. A lot of questions are gonna be asked. A lot of answers are gonna be expected. Will they have those answers? We'll find out during the spring and during the summer.
0: It's gonna be interesting. We always talk about when we're in Vermont, Swag Media Day. Take up take pictures, take a good look. You'll see some coaches back, but then you'll see some. Coaches that don't be back, then you'll see some new coaches. As for Coach Dooling, he was at Peruvian. Now he's at Southern. He he just made a short trip in, in the conference. Uh, Hugh Jackson comes in with a lot of fanfare. Oh, a lot of fanfare. Coach Sanders, got a chance to see him. Last year, Swag Media Day, uh, pretty much uh, I'm standing there and waiting on you to come. And uh, you're talking. (laughs) Coach Julie's outside talking. Coach Sanders passes by and he reaches back. What's up, brother? And he gives me a fist down. (laughs) Hey, I'm impressed. How you doing, Coach Sanders? And him and and his bodyguards went on to the elevator and got in there. I mean, one thing, though, I did say, I'm like, wait a minute. He's not as tall and big as I, I, I thought you know when you see when when I previously saw him it's on television of course but his NFL days and then now he's right by you just look like an average guy but you know who he was though and uh, they were they were able to accomplish the championship in football but now they're going to have people after them with the bow and the arrows you know coach McNair He never seems to get pressure. He's always mild-mannered. He's always the same, consistent. You know, Willie Simmons fits the part as a uh, big-time person, name, the way he dresses, his mannerism, the way he comes in the room. Oh, it's going to be exciting, Charles. It's going to be exciting. Quickly, um, basketball coach, Coach Ivory. You know, Mississippi Valley State's new men's basketball coach, Mo Williams. And, Charles, my quick comments. I, ha- I have to be very careful because, you know, I, I don't want to be labeled as a Jackson State hater. But the Mo Williams situation, and as hot as Jackson State is right now, would you say Omar Johnson established Very good baseball coach. Tamika Reed just blowing everybody away. She fits the part. Mo Williams, just my personal opinion, the way Jackson State is right now, and I I know he's from Jackson, they pretty much, I think, could have went out and and got someone even much more well-known than Mo Williams. What am I saying? I'm kind of scratching my head on this one, and and basically why – I look at, I understand. Played in the NBA, played with LeBron, played with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He fits the part as a, you know as a big name celebrity hire. But when I look at his record at Alabama State, that's when I scratch my head. But I could be wrong. He may come out and just blow everybody away. But I think Jackson State could have gone even further and gotten a huge, huge guy with a winning record. Charles, do you disagree with me? I'm sure you are, but that when I look at that record at Alabama State, that thumbs down, thumbs down.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's what everyone was talking about at the tournament. Like, you know, what has Mo Williams done at Alabama State in two years? Not much. Not much. Didn't make the tournament. But this this clearly was about something else. This is about getting someone from Jackson, and, and you hear the old phrase. You, sometimes you just can't come home, and this is, this could be one of those cases. We hope not for Ashley Robinson, the AD, who's made a lot of good moves. I think this clearly you know energizes the fan base, getting a local product to come back home. Uh, you know there was a, some speculation going back a couple of years. Lindsey Hunter's name was thrown out there a few years ago. That obviously didn't happen, but. I see, I I don't have a problem with it. I kind of knew that was going to happen. I I was surprised it happened as quickly as it did. Uh, You know, a couple of days after Wayne Brent announces his retirement, here it is, Mo Williams, a press conference, a few days later. I'm not surprised at all. Uh, I think clearly he's trying to energize the fan base, get more kids from Jackson on social media. You already see a couple of recruits that have said they're going to commit to Jackson State from the Jackson area. So he's already hitting the ground running. I'm absolutely, positively, 100% not surprised. That's just kind of the way this this thing works. Um, I think for Ashley Robinson, the AD, I think you have to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's made some nice moves that paid off. They're big-time gambles. We all know what those are. And this is another, another big-time gamble. You know, Wayne, Wayne Brent has done a nice job. You know, I think he's one of the great coaches, high school coaches the state of Mississippi, I think he'll be back coaching. He said he's not done coaching yet. Um, I think this is a a risky move, but I think low-hanging fruit. I do think Mo Williams being from Jackson. Remember now, they had a Mo Williams camp in Jackson several years ago, and a guy by the name of LeBron James came. Uh, He didn't stay long, but he was there. I think that energy that, that they're looking for within that program, to get some people behind the program, you know, interface. Uh, I think that's going to happen again. i be surprised if LeBron is in the summer at the Mo Williams camp. I would not be surprised. I'm not surprised at this move at all. again, I think the program, which is not that high or not that low, I think coming in where he is right now, I think if he can elevate the program a little bit, mission accomplished. If he can get to a championship, definitely mission accomplished. I'm not surprised at all. I just see how, how successful
0: Well, I tell you what, any coach now in basketball comes in and if they don't duplicate what Coach Reed has done on the women's side, I think there will not be a big honeymoon period. There won't be a big grace period, just my opinion. But I scratch my head on that one. But I wish Coach Williams much success until he plays Southern University, of course. Yeah. (laughs) On that note, Charles, yeah. Congratulations to Coach Mo Williams. He has come home. But there won't be a huge honeymoon period. It's a lot of pressure. Coaching. And especially when you have coaches all successful. And we must admit, Coach Omar Johnson. Coach Sanders, albeit not there a long time, has had success early. And, of course, Coach Reed. By the way, before I let you go, upset in Baton Rouge today, Jack State women, do they pull it off? It's going to be
1: tough. Here's here's what I'm concerned about. Amisha Williams' holiday makes them go. And Amisha Williams' holiday is going to have to play the smartest game she's ever played. What I mean by that is she's going to have to stay on the floor. What I suspect that Kim Mulkey is going to try to do is pack the paint and get Amisha Williams Holiday in the early foul trouble. If things go sideways for Jackson State, Amisha Williams Holiday could have two fouls in the first five minutes, and that's going to throw Jackson State totally out of totally out of sorts. Amisha Williams Holiday is going to have to play well and stay on the floor. The first quarter is going to be key. They're playing at LSU. It's hard to win it. It's hard to win it. The Peters, we know you you know that well. Uh, I think if Jackson State's perimeter shooting shooters Covington Rogan, if they pack the paint, someone's going to, have to knock down. And if that's the case, I think Jackson State can hang in. And then if Amisha Williams Holiday is productive and can stay on the floor, stay out of foul trouble, I think it'll be a problem for LSU. Uh, so I I can't see an upset here. You know? And I can't, and Look, Jackson State went 20, what, 21 and 0 in conference and tournament. That's the reason why they got the seed that they got. Any other record, they would have been a 16 going to the play-in. They got a play-in now for the women's seat on the women's side. So I think this was a great matchup for Jackson State, playing two hours from home. I think they have a shot. But Amisha Williams holiday has to stay on the floor and has to stay out of foul trouble. If they do that, And if those shooters, Rogan, Covington, and others, can knock down shots, I think they can give LSU holy heck. So I can't see an upset today, but those things have to happen. It starts inside out for Jackson State.
0: I think guard play is going to be really, really the key. LSU is going to apply pressure. And it's one thing about a bid, and I know some bids get their points on miscellaneous, backs, You know, they – They don't have a lot of things maybe designed for them. But one thing that they have to rely on, someone getting them the ball. And that's why I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on on the outside. And I think they're going to say, hey, we're we're going to neutralize Mr. Williams. Your guards are going to have to play well. And they're not going to be able to turn the ball over. There's going to be a a lot of pressure. And they're going to have to withstand that early onslaught. If they're able to do that – they could, they, they, they could make a game of it, but Kim Mulkey is vicious. We talked about <laughs> Coach Bussie and his mentality, and it goes on to their team. And I, I don't know how much you can get out of remember last year's game with Baylor. How ironic that Jackson State has to face Kim Mulkey two years in a row, last year at Bo, uh, at, at Baylor, this year at LSU. I'm pulling for Jackson State. I want to respect them. Because in a few minutes, I'm gonna to talk to Coach Petaway about parity and in the different seas, but on the women's side, Howard, their women won the playing game historic, and then you saw what happened against South Carolina. Those are the things that there's one thing to be physically dominated, but from a mental standpoint, does that carry on? That's not to say Howard didn't have an outstanding season. They didn't have a historic season. But what is the blueprint to start building on? So you want to see and and look, you've seen other games between say institutions that are maybe of equal value that have, have lost by 30 and 40 points. That I don't want to see. And that is a, a, a sub-goal for Jackson State, the first goal is to win the game. I understand that. But we've got to. And I, and I don't like to say we all talk, time, but schools like HBCUs and the smaller schools. On the women's side, there's a big gap between the upper echelon. There's really no middle on the women's side to me. It's top and the bottom tier. On the men, there's more parity. And they're, they're mid-majors. I don't I don't know if you can really say they're mid-majors on the women's side. Could be. I could be totally wrong. Close in, close in one minute, Charles. Well, yeah. I, I was just talking with the Texas Southern
1: Bus driver, and he was asking the same question. Why do we have to go to Dayton? Why do we have to play Kansas, one of the top four teams in the country? We have to do better, and I'm not criticizing coaches From a conference or anybody standpoint. like that, but it, it is what it is. We've got to be able to uh, play a schedule in which we're not going to make as much money in November, and December. Win some of those games, elevate our conference mm-hmm. to where yeah, we're not a playing participant. Our fate's already determined. Look at Jackson State; they went 21 and 0, 18 and 0 in conference. They swept through the tournament, and you see where their seed was. If they were 13 and 5 or 12 and 6 and won the tournament, they'd be a 16 seed. They'd be playing in the playing game like Howard. And so I think you see where the bar is there, right? You see where that is. So we've gotta do better in November and December. That's where the work starts. These seedings are determined for us, for the SWAC and MEAC back in November and December. We're just, Fans are just now realizing that and coming on board with it. But let's you and I talk about this in November and December. I say, wait till March, we're gonna be bellyaching about it. And that's exactly what's happened. So let's do our work in November and December, schedule more games in the top 50 in the RPI, win some of those games, Throughout the conference, not just one or two teams, from one to 12, we do that. We elevate our league as a whole. Instead of being a 16 or a play-in, we could be a 13 or 12, and we've seen the upsets already. Kentucky goes down. I mean, we can start there. So it's possible. It can happen. Ole Miss went down yesterday, one of the top teams in the country. It can happen. But the work has to be done on the front end in November and December not on the back end in March. Unfortunately, our fate's already determined by then. Where we're going, where we're seated, it's already determined. So let's let's start November to build up to March.
0: Well, you know what that means. You're going to cut back on a good bit of those money games, those guarantee games, and some of these ADs are not going to like it, and maybe they're, they're getting flack from their – superiors. But that's why you saw me doing this. It's got to be a balance. You cannot. And again, Coach, Coach Banks says, I understand what, you, what you're saying, but we, Southern, we're not there yet. And I think the rest of the conference the same way. They're going to continue to play those guarantee games and they're going to continue to get the seedings that they Have gotten. Now, but I will add one quick thing. Not as many 1 to 50 net ranked teams, but how about 75 to 100 and then start having some success with them and balance that? Maybe one or two net ranked teams from 1 to 50, but more on the middle end, 75 to 100, and maybe focus there. Charles, appreciate it. Have a great weekend. We'll visit next week. Appreciate it, Carlos. You have a good one. All right, you too. Go ahead, celebrity superstar. (laughs) We appreciate you. Going to take a quick time out, get ready for Coach Van Petaway up next on the Colos Brown Show. I'll be right back.
8: The Cuvay Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm we help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Since 2002,
3: Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens,
4: Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404 698 3992. Or log on to Mango'sCaribbeanRestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text MANGOS to 313131.
5: Tell your mama hungry, Papa hungry, Dada hungry. Mango's Caribbean
4: Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Open
5: up the door. I'm I'm returning to Clinton, Paris And Tampa's my community I grew up here, went to school here And my wife and I make our home here What makes Tampa special are its people So when I represent someone injured in my community It's personal Call my office and speak to a real lawyer And not some referral service I will fight the insurance companies To get the settlement that you deserve At the law office of Clinton, Paris We take the pain out of being hurt
4: Itchy. Squirmy. Scratchy. Family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get him. It just cleans better. With a diamond-weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean.
3: Goodbye, itchy squirm.
4: Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin?
5: You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology. Protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not
3: working!
6: I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & shoulder Scalp Shield. Never not working. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina, metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895
7: or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time soul food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q time an urban passport member.
0: Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show. I'm now joined, but wait a minute, before I bring in Coach Petaway, I'm almost ready to get into some football action when I see the sonic boom of the South. But, hey, HPC love. <laughs> Coach Penaway, good afternoon. How you doing?
2: Good afternoon, Carlos. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm on the road right now, but uh, everything is well because this is a great time of the year for a former basketball coach and all basketball coaches, because March Madness is really jumping. It
0: is madness, March Madness. I said in the show earlier, I have uh, self-imposed penalty for me. I will not play any brackets for three years, and I mean it, Coach, because I tore my eyes up after (laughs) about an hour and a half. So we're going to get into a a lot of March Madness. Um, But I want to start with, um, since the last time we talked, uh, tournament champions, of course, congratulations to Jackson State women, a 101-80 to victory. And I was saying, you and Charles thought it would be a much closer game, Jackson State by 21 over, Alabama state and then Texas Southern congratulations, Texas Southern 87 to 62 win over all state coach, your thoughts on both of those ball games?
2: Well, I, I was surprised by the score between Bama state and, and, and uh, Jackson state, but let me just say this, uh, Jackson state's women's team is uh, probably one of the best teams that I've seen in the SWAC in quite some time. Uh, they're loaded, you know, they got, uh, they got depth, uh, when you talk about uh, Williams Holiday, uh, the post player that they have, I think I expect to see her on the next level. Um, they got a big game coming up at four o'clock to get today uh, against uh, LSU. A lot of people better look out for that game now because if they can keep their people on the floor, if 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 Holiday does not get in foul trouble. They're gonna they're gonna have a, a a good chance of coming up with an upset. Because when you got people like Crump on the perimeter that can that she can do everything. I was real impressed with their team. The one thing that I thought Alabama State should have done, when when they went to their high low game where they were throwing the ball in from the perimeter, personally I didn't feel like there was enough pressure on the passer mm. to make those perfect passes in there. Alabama State never did pressure the passes. Now, today, LSU is going to try to take that away. I think part of their game plan will be to try to neutralize Jackson State's inside game. They're probably going to make them try to beat them from the perimeter. But you know what? Jackson State will still have a chance because they got Crump. I think she's one of the best all-around players in our league. And I was real impressed with our women's basketball play in that tournament. I was impressed with the tournament overall. And then when you go to the men's side, I thought Texas Southern, I told you all last week, Well, I don't know if you can hear me because we kept having tech. I kept having technical problems. I don't think it was on your end. I think it was at at the arena, at Bartow Arena, because uh, even during the games, our signal would drop. But Mm -hmm. I thought Texas Southern would win that game because They were playing better than Alcorn down the stretch. And that's why I predicted that they would win the game, but no, I did not see them winning by the margin that they won by. But I was still happy with what they did. Uh, Then you get Alcorn going to the NIT, winning the play-in game. I'm real proud of both teams that represented the SWAC on the men's side, even though Texas Southern now is at home and and so is corn. They both lost. I thought they represented our conference well because they played. They did not get annihilated. And I really, really like what the coaches and in, in the SWAC are doing. And they just need some help on the, front, on the back end. Or in this case, on the front end. On the front end of their schedule, they need help. They need help so that on the men's side, so that they're not a 16 seed. So that they're not in the play-in game, even though now the SWAC has a pretty good history in the play-in game, you know we got a winning record when it comes to play-in games. So now, from that standpoint, some of the coaches probably say, "But well, no, nah, let's, let's let's keep the play-in game because at least we get the win." Uh, because I rather have that play-in game than to be a 16 seed. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But, and you know, but, but and, and... The, the help. I'm sorry, but the help that I'm talking about. It's gotta come from the presidents and the ADs. They've gotta look at they gotta look at fundraising. Because right now they're using basketball, men's basketball, as a big fundraising tool, and I think that's unfair to the players and the coaches. I, I think that in order for our conference RPI to move up, we have to do a better job of scheduling in the non-conference. We can't, our non-conference schedule cannot be filled up with money games or guarantee games. We we, we got, there's got to be some latitude in there where they play teams who are in the RPI, let's say from 75 to 100, like you said earlier, play some of those schools and win. Now that elevates the conference RPI to where you might be able to get uh, a seed other than 16. You know, anything 13 and 14 would be wonderful. You know, years ago when Southern beat Georgia Tech, they were a 13 seed. Now, how did they accomplish that? The SWAC's RPI put Texas, I mean Southern, in the position where they were a 13 seed because back then you could only play two games, three games. And the reason why I know, Coach Job and I talked every day. And he said one of the best Mm -hmm. things that ever came out was when they put a moratorium on that you could only play two money games. And so now you can schedule like teams. And when you schedule like teams, you have a better chance of winning those games. And I think that's one of the things that the ADs and the presidents are going to have to look at if they want to elevate the RPI of the SWAC.
0: Yeah, and, and, and coach, it's interesting that that you uh, stated that because I kind of look now to use the net rankings, and I looked and from a conference, and of course the MIAC was rated last, thirty-two. The SWAC was thirty-one, and then I believe the Southland was was, was South, third. But yep. then I looked, yeah. But then, coach, I looked at individual teams. And I'm trying to go in memory. Here. Norfolk State had the best one, I believe they were like 151. Right, you yep. saw, so, yep. and then I said, "Well, let me look at Southerns, and they were, you know, they were about the second best. It was even better than Texas Southern." Does that bring me to this? After the playing game, TSU won against light competition, Texas and Corpus right. Christi. Then, um, of course, they. They went up against uh, a Norfolk State uh, against against Baylor and lost 85-49. to 49. And then, of course, uh, Texas Southern, who has had a history of winning those type of games in, in, in the in regular season, they lost 83-56. to 56. So I kind of made a note. I was like, once again, we got to talk about the blueprint for HBCUs, the M- M- swag champions to get a better seed. And you kind of just went over that. And now we're seeing trends of 15th and 14th seeds, Coach, now winning. Not just this season, but we've seen it over the last several seasons. So with that two-part, are we going to see or continue to see 15th seeds and 14th seeds have so much success? Is it more so parity,
2: resources, or something else? I think it's a combination of all of them, Carlos. On our, where the squack and the MIAC are concerned, in some cases, we don't have the resources. There is some parity because with the portal now, our teams are, are getting experienced players. Uh, they're getting better players because they don't have to rely on the high school kids as much because you can go to the portal and be successful. When you look at the, look at the makeup of Texas Southern's team, it's the portal, that's Portal of the university. They had about eight or nine transfers. So th- that's the wave of the future. And when you're using the portal, you're getting experienced players and experience on the basketball court means a lot. Uh, you don't have 17, and 18, a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds going up again, 22 and 23 year olds, if you have to rely on the fresh, the high school players. So the par- the, uh, the portal is going to help us in some regards, but that portal also hurts us because it also makes our best players in the Squack and MEAC vulnerable to the transfer up. You know, they're looking – some of them are being contacted because they the coaches see that they play so well and they can help their programs. And they're coming after these kids, some of the best players in the Squack, to play at their programs. So it helps in some ways and it hurts you. So
0: coach, we're looking at, if I term it this way, and I heard another coach say this, and I, uh, if I can remember his name, I'll give him credit. You now look at free
2: agency has come to college athletics. Right. And I'm, I'm going to tell you one of the people that said that Lane Kiffin in football, Lane Kiffin say portal is nothing but a free agency. You couple that with mm-hmm. the NIL deals, that's all we got. The, our players are going, are taking, they're going to the schools that can best suit. They're not best suiting their talent. Players now are looking at what can you do for me, and that's what's mm-hmm. happening with these NILs now. You, you take take the the the, the uh, one of the kids that left Texas. What did he talk about? They don't have enough cars. They only had hmm. three cars, and now, where he where transfers to Nebraska, and now he's saying that uh, a school like Nebraska has 17 starters that have vehicles, and he left a, a school like Texas now, when it comes to football, hmm. got all the money in the world, and their NIL deals are not better than what they're offering at Nebraska. That's concerning. That's going to tell the athletics. And, and, and as the big boys get richer, that's going to hurt the HBCUs.
0: Yeah. I, I'm afraid the genie has been let out of the bottle. Pandora's box yep. has been opened. And I understand, you know, hey, years ago we talked about the student-athletes. Well, you know, they get a free college education. They get some perks, but they're making what? Millions and millions of dollars right. for, for the universities. Now that we have the NILs and uh, and you you have the transfer portal, things are just different now. And 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 I've stated we we meaning HBCUs got to be very careful. You really do. But if you dot your eyes and cross your t's, I'm sure you're going to be all right. But you know, from an ethical standpoint, I think you go and
2: you're already starting to see it. You're going to see some 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 crooked stuff going on. Right, right, right. And then, uh, and, and then another thing that we got as, as administrators in the SWAC and the MEAC, our vision cannot be the exact same as the major conferences. When it comes to our vision, when it comes to the hiring and the firing of our coaches, our coaches don't have, in some cases, they don't have the resources that they really need to best for. And a lot of times... The administration is not looking at that; they don't take that into consideration. I think more emphasis need to be looked at what that coach is being provided with before you make a decision on his or her future. We we, we cannot do that. We, we think we, we we have a good product in the squad. We've already had two coaching changes; that there there, 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 are, there could have been another one. And I just think the administration needs to take a. They need to take a chill pill and look at what resources they're providing for those coaches to be successful before you make a decision on their future. I'm glad well, to see George Ivory back at Mississippi Valley. The Mo Williams uh, lateral moved from, from uh, Alabama State to Jackson State. The only thing I'm gonna say about that, this was the best time for him to make a move like that because of the excitement because of what has gone with Coach Sanders in football, Coach Reed in the women's basketball program, this was the best time for him to come home. I never blame a man for going home. He's from the Jackson, even though he did not attend Jackson State, he's from the city of Jackson, and he's well-known in that community. I think that can help him in the state of Mississippi when it comes to recruiting. That's a plus. And the only thing that I can take away from this is that Going home, this was the best opportunity and the best time. A lot of times timing is better than anything else. Because if you look at record-wise, no, he did not do anything in Alabama State that would have other schools coming after him. But having the opportunity to go home, this was the best. In terms of timing, this was the right time for that move.
0: That is very interesting,
2: Coach Petaway, Because
0: I stated, and it. it's, it's for the record, I did a head scratcher, and you know why? I said that because, and I congratulate him for coming home. But that record—that's what stood right. out to yep. me, and um, so that—that that is very interesting. And let see if you agree with me. I don't think he will have coach a great, uh, a huge honeymoon. Uh, period, a grace period, because Coach Omar in baseball, Coach Reed, women's basketball coach, and Coach Sanders. I think it's going to be tremendous pressure. Am I wrong, Coach? I don't think he will have a four or five-year grace period
2: if he doesn't win. No, I agree with you. I don't think right now with the climate at Jackson State, they're not going to wait. They're they're looking for instant gratification. They're looking for instant gratification And it's because of the success of the other coaches. So they're going to expect him. But I do say this. I think at the same time, they're going to also do whatever they can to make sure that he's got what he he has, what he needs to be successful. The resources.
0: Yeah, the resources. correct,
2: correct, Right. So I'm hoping that he puts together a good staff. Uh, They hit the ground running, get him some more recruits in there. Uh, And by the way, I I thought Coach Brent was doing a great job. Brent was doing a great job there. His teams every year were the top two or three in the conference in defense. He built that program on defense. And, man, that was his signature. I know you know, watching him over the years, I would have hated to coach against him because he brought so much to the table on the defensive end of the floor. And, and we've got some great coaches in, in the squad, and some of them are being recognized, just like at your place, uh, Sean Woods being recognized for district coach of the year. That's a great honor that a lot of people don't even know about. The NABC coaches and schools, they picked him as the as doing the best coaching job in their district. And that's a great honor. I'm proud for I'm I'm happy for Coach Woods. He deserves it. You know, he, he had a, a, a a bad uh, run in the in the conference tournament. I know that's disappointing to the Southern to the Jaguar fan, but you look at his overall work, what he's done since he's been there. Mm-hmm. He has a winning record And this this season. He led the conference. He was number one in the SWAC longer than any other school. He just didn't finish. And that Cole, way.
0: and, and coach, I think that's what's most disappointing, and after I had a chance to sit back, you know, because you're you're emotional, and, yeah, you lose to Graham State three times, but then after you sit back, I had a talk with my best friend in the world, and we both agreed he deserves another chance. And you kind of brought it up. It was circulating that, you know, a decision was going to be made, about the future of Coach Sean Wood. Guess what? When I didn't hear anything after about 24 hours, I text you and you didn't hear anything. So Coach Sean Woods is back at Southern University. Now, unless we tomorrow, we hear something different. I'm com- confident in saying uh, he'll be back now. And I did say, and let's see if you agree with this coach and coaches. It's, it's all right. If you disagree with me now, I think, I would put in place some benchmarks that need to be hit for for next season. Is is that fair or unfair? That's just my opinion.
2: I I, Let me tell you what. I don't think there's a benchmark in the world that's fair right now because of COVID. Because of COVID. How about a championship? Right. No, no, no. I I don't think any – I don't think – I would never accept anything like that. You got to win a championship Mm -hmm. to keep your job. No, that – that's too much. That that's too much in my opinion. But if you look at his overall body of work, mm-hmm. he he deserves to continue to be the coach at, at, at Southern University. And, and if anybody was gonna be disappointed, it was me. We offered them a bid. I've been working my butt off to help the SWAC and the Mia put teams in postseason play. I okay. had, we offered we gave Southern University a bid. I talked to Coach Woods and I talked to AD Scott and told them that if we were, I was representing the CIT yeah. and we were extending a bid to them, and we never heard from them, and we had to scramble at the last minute. That's the first inkling that I found out. That's how I found out something was wrong. I said, "Now, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they? They don't have to pay any money now. The the the, the uh, all your expenses are taken care of by the tournament." by the committee. So it's just an opportunity for your team to be in postseason play and rep- continue to represent the university. And I thought it was a win-win for the Southern University and the SWAC. And we wanted to release our, our brackets Sunday night or early Monday morning, and we never got the contract back from Southern. I called Coach Scott, uh, A.D. Scott, You mean Coach Banks? Banks. I'm sorry. I keep saying Scott. Coach Banks. I'm sorry. I called Coach Banks and asked if there was something wrong with the contract, and I never heard back from uh, A.D. Banks.
0: Wow. Well, that's that's interesting. And I remember you mentioned on the previous show that, you know, unless I didn't hear you right, it was a good po- i put it put the question this way was it a good possibility that southern had a home game or were they
2: going right. to be on the road right yes No, okay. we considered them okay what i put on the table i looked at their their home attendance and i showed that to the committee i'm you know i, I just got one vote on on the selection committee but right. we talked to each other and so some of the other guys agreed with me they you you all had a, a tremendous home Attendance record, and that was in your favor, and we would have allowed them to host the first round.
0: Interesting. But so we never
2: did hear back. We did not hear back from them, and you know that I was a little disappointed because I always fight for the swag. Yes, I fight yes, for sir. the swag. Yet, yep.
0: Well, and back to uh Coach Woods. We wrapped it up, and then we. I want to get your thoughts on uh, these this parody that we're seeing this March March, March uh, madness. I, I guess after again after looking at everything, I was more disappointed, not angry, with you know both the men's and the women's basketball programs. Because even the women, they were at least in the conversation of being second for a good part of the conference season. And then both teams kind of didn't finish. So it's more dis- dis- disappointing as far as the men's and women's basketball team of Southern University. Now, this March Madness, we saw St. Peter's. Who am I missing? <laughs> upset upset man. Kentucky. We, we saw man, 12, man. 15 <laughs> seeds beating, uh, what, second seeds. My goodness. Coach,
2: right. talk yeah. about it quickly. Man, this is uh, this is unreal. I, March I don't, I, don't know how many, I don't know. Yeah, that's what's wrong. It's mad. It's mad. Uh, these teams are coming out of uh, coming from everywhere. But if, when you look at it, they're veteran teams now. They, they, they're veteran teams that are winning. And Kentucky messed my bracket up because I had them going to the elite eight. And uh, I thought they had the power. I should have known since they struggled down the stretch in the regular season and tournament that we should not have put them out there. But talent wise, there's no way uh St. Peter's is supposed to be on the floor with Kentucky. There's no way. Not talent wise. Not, not, coach, not, not... when you got not, not when you have the highest paid coach in, in, in college basketball leading them. You you got an unlimited uh budget. So I know the Kentucky fans are disappointed, but uh Cal has, is such a big figure, you don't hear them come out publicly and criticize him. But parity is here. I think it's here to stay because of the portal. I think it's here to stay because of uh, NIL deals. So you're going to see teams be able to upset uh, higher seeds. Now, you know, most of the time that, that 12 seed is going to knock off that 5 seed. I, I think we've seen that situation more than anything. You know, we still there's still only one. One time where a 16 beat a one, you know that that was when uh, Ma- Maryland, uh, Baltimore UMC County, beat, yeah, yeah. yep, beat Virginia. Yeah, that's only happened one time. But but the twos versus the 15, and then of course we know with with uh, with uh, Southern beating beating a th- uh, uh, a 3C, that's possible. So it's there, man. And and there's some great basketball. But I think I still got if I can remember my bracket correct. I know I got Arizona winning the whole thing. I think I got Gonzaga. I got, um, I, well, I'll, I'll screw it up because I don't have it with me. But I do, I, I got winning the entire thing. Well,
0: I, I'll look at mine occasionally. Like I said, after this year, I've I imposed a self-ban. It'll be three years. <laughs> and I know I said I said that before, and and you get that itch to do it, but it is simply right. March Madness, but you got to love the underdogs, quote unquote, and and doing well. Coach, safe travel. Yes, sir. We're going to talk again next week. I'm sure it's going to be more to talk about these upsets. My goodness. Uh, You say Jackson State has a shot on the women's side against LSU today.
2: Right. And Carlos, real quick, real mm -hmm. quick. Mm -hmm. I want to thank – I I think the squad stepped up when they – Built their own floor. Now I, I, you know that that's being overlooked. But we're one of the only conferences in America. I, I know we're the only HBCU, but there are some other uh, Division One conferences that don't have their own floor. And and the, the squack staff should be commended. It's, it, it was beautiful, and that floor can travel. It'll go wherever we have a tournament. You can put your own floor down, and each school is represented on that floor. And I think uh, that needs to be talked about because, that, to me, that's a great highlight. And those players took a lot of pride in what they saw because each school is represented on that floor. So I had to mention that. And I know you got to go. So uh, God bless and be safe. Be safe.
0: And, Coach, don't tear that bracket up. Don't tear it up because <laughs> I'm about to tear minds up. <laughs> Have a great one, Carl. All right. All right. All right, all right, going to take a quick timeout. When I come back, I I, I, I went over, but uh, I just love talking with Coach Petaway. But I love talking with Brandon B.J. Jones after this quick timeout. Let's see if I can get him on to uh, close out this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network.
8: Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision, an SUV built around you. All of you. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm we help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay.
3: Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens,
4: Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404 698 3992. Or log on to mango'scaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text MANGOS to 313131.
5: Say your mama hungry, papa hungry, burger hungry.
4: Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine.
5: I'm returning to Clinton Paris And Tampa's my community I grew up here, went to school here And my wife and I make our home here What makes Tampa special are its people So when I represent someone injured in my community It's personal Call my office and speak to a real lawyer And not some referral service I will fight the insurance companies To get the settlement that you deserve At the law office of Clinton Paris We take the pain out of being hurt
4: Itchy Squirmy Scratchy Family not getting clean Get Charmin Ultra Strong Go get him It just cleans better With a diamond weave texture Your family can use less While still getting clean Goodbye itchy squirm Hello clean bottom (laughs) (laughs) We all go Why not enjoy the go with Charmin
5: You see, Head and Shoulders has a scalp shield technology. Protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working.
6: I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head and Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. Sugar Chateau.
0: This week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, 12.53 Central Standard Time. I've got about seven minutes left in today's show. Uh, I'm not going to have Brandon B.J. Jones on today's show, but of course I'll get him back for well, the following week. Uh, kind of recapping the show, this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show. I want to thank first and foremost Charles Edmund. Join me in hour number one. He was guest, Coach Van Petaway. We just, I just finished talking with Coach Petaway. Uh, we were talking March Madness, SWAC basketball, NCAA uh, basketball, and, of course, uh, schedule Brandon B.J. Jones. For TSU, on the men's side, their season is over, but they're the SWAC Tournament Champions 2022. Uh, they won the play-in game against Texas A&M Corporates Christy. And then this past Thursday, uh, they lost to number one seed, Kansas, 88-56. to And then Norfolk State, who, as I mentioned earlier, the net rankings, they had the best individual net rankings of HBCU basketball teams. Um, they dropped the 85-49 to decision to the defending champions, Baylor. So uh, you pull for our HBCUs, of course, no matter what sport, the competition, but there are some things that have to happen to kind of get better. I've often talked with plenty of guests about having um, this conference as a goal, whether it's uh, basketball, baseball, even football to get more participants in basketball and baseball. Uh, we talked about it with coach Petaway, who happened to agree with me that uh, as a conference, you got to get better. Got to get that net ranking up and, the big question now, the big hindrance is that basically our schools are playing so many guarantee games, and guarantee games are against, or you can call them money games. There are games against teams that, as far as the net rank and APR, they're ranked pretty high, and and to get the most money, those have to come against games, against teams, that are in the net rankings 1 to 50. They're going to pay the most. But you're now at the crossroads. I believe, this is my opinion, you're going to have to limit those type of games. And to me, you're going to have to start playing more teams in the net rankings of 70, let's say 75 to 100, and then having some success. It won't happen overnight. You'll have some exceptions. But that's what's hurting HBCU teams that have individual outstanding seasons. For example, a couple years ago, Texas Southern went out and they defeated Michigan State in a non-conference game, and I believe Kansas State. But because the conference ranking is low, and and I looked at the net rankings this year, the MIAC was dead last. They were 32, number 32 of conferences rankings. But for Texas Southern to get out of the play-in game, they basically had to go undefeated in conference. And I didn't get into in-depth conversation with Coach Petaway on the women's side. There's, and he basically said there's a lot of parity because the transfer portal, and NIL deals on the women's side, it's not any parity at all. Howard University, historic season. They won a playing game. They lost 79 to 21 to the overall number one seed, South Carolina. And the interesting thing about that is, Howard only had four points at halftime. Four. So they, they lost about 58 points. We looked at last year, and I'm just trying to be real. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm pulling, there have been improvements. I'm I'm pulling for Jackson State at 4 p.m. against LSU. Coach Petaway believes that Jackson State has a a tremendous opportunity and an outstanding chance. My other guest, Charles Edmond, believes that, hey, Jackson State has a chance. I believe they have a chance as well. Now, I believe also it's going to be very tough. But is it impossible? No. But it's going to be very tough. And Jackson State women have done an outstanding job. If you have a chance to go back on YouTube and listen to Coach Reed talk about building the program and how the loss last year against uh, Baylor and Kim Mulkey, ironic, faced Coach Mulkey two years in a row, how it gave her and her staff something to think about and how to build this JSU women's basketball team. They are the standard. They are the model on the women's side. And if you're a competitor, if you're the rest of the teams in the conference, you want to build as well. You want to catch up. You want to do well. And so those are just some of the things. It it doesn't give me any any good feelings at all when you see a 50, or 60-point loss. So there's a big gap. But on the women's side, the men, not so much of a gap. Coach Petaway brought up Coach Sean Woods. We saw circulation and rumors and some information about Coach Banks, you know, a decision going to be made on Coach Sean Woods. I've read a lot of your comments on social media. I've talked to some person via t- uh, text messages and telephone calls. Coach Woods is going to be back. He's going to be back and he'll have an opportunity. Now, is there going to be even more pressure? I think so, just in my humble opinion. It's going to be interesting to be able to follow that. On the men's side, we talked about it. On the women's side, basketball. Southern University football will have more for you this upcoming week. Spring practice has started. The biggest question mark, or one of the biggest question marks, is Coach Dooley has to sell on a quarterback. I think he's well on his way. Deshaun McCray, I think when it's all said and done, it's his job to lose. But we'll see. Coach Dooley wants spring practice. He wants that time coming out of the spring to have identified and have a starting quarterback in place. Once again, want to thank uh, Charles Eppman. Coach Van Petaway for joining me here on today's show. Also want to thank the producer. I just call her Lady M, Miss M, a bang-up job. Appreciate working with her. Want to thank all of you for tuning in as well. Until next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And as always, as always, peace and God bless.